You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz is here with me. We have flipped over to the defensive side of the ball, and we are continuing our position group preview series. If you missed them, wherever you got this podcast, you can probably find the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, offensive line episodes. Next, we will look at D-line, edge, linebacker, cornerback, safety, and then we'll close with special teams. Next week, Just uh, we'll, we'll be doing our official preview podcast episode. That's often our most listened to of the year. So keep that on your radar. And of course, we have tons of written stories, whether it's insider stuff, you know, inside intel from fall camp or press conference write-ups or analytical stories over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. This episode is going to be all about the defensive line, a position group I am extremely high on this season, and I imagine Steve is as well. We'll talk about the biggest strengths, the biggest question marks, and then the second half of the episode, we'll take a look at some of the X-Factor players, position battles, sort of. This, this position doesn't have a straight up position battle uh, stats to watch and ultimately make our bold predictions for this room. And Steve, starting with the strength, I really think this is the best run stopping defensive line in the country. I I think that they were last season. I think that they were uh, top three the season prior, but last season as you and I had been predicting all summer, Chris Jenkins had his breakout season He ended up leading all defensive linemen in run stops, according to Pro Football Focus. He was also second uh, in the Power Five among defensive linemen in stop rate. And Mozzie Smith was fifth, and Mason Graham was 18th. That's out of 327 defensive linemen, by the way. So no no other team had three players in the top 20. I I, I don't know if anyone else had or two in the top 20 even. So this is a great great run stopping unit. We haven't even talked about Kenneth Grant, someone I'm sure we'll discuss, you know, with his size and and also his quickness off the line. I think he'll be a force Rayshon Benny, Cam Good. I mean, they lose Mozzie Smith, but the way Mason Graham played last season probably could have had a decent case as a freshman All-American even though he didn't technically start every game, right? You know, it was Chris Jenkins and Mozzie Smith, uh, but he was he was a top 3 freshman along the defensive line and Chris Jenkins I mean, he was better than any defensive lineman stopping the run last season. Now he's 20 pounds bigger. And I think, uh, you know, by now, most of the people who read this story probably have heard about some of his athletic capabilities. Uh, 32 reps this summer on the bench press at 225 pounds. Uh, Three cone drill of 7.14 seconds. Shuttle run of 4.33 seconds. Uh, They call him the mutant in Michigan strength and conditioning program. And you're starting to see why. I think, I think they've always really liked him. They played him a lot as a redshirt freshman to the point where when Christopher Hinton left, I remember a lot of Michigan fans thought they needed to add a transfer. And I said, no, I think I think Mozzie Smith and Chris Jenkins will be a pretty good duo. Turns out they were even better than I expected. And so, yeah, I think I think to me, the biggest strength is this run stopping unit. I think you saw it last season. I don't believe anyone... They didn't have anyone run for 200 yards against them, and and no team was just dominant in the run game against them, really, even at any point. And you talk, we always talk a lot about the offensive line. They have that four quarter game plan, 
where they kind of wear opponents down and start to run the ball with ease in the fourth quarter. On the other side, it was almost the opposite, where as the game went on, it seemed like teams just were struggling more and more to run the ball effectively up the middle. I could probably go on for for a long time about all the different stats there are to prove that. But you know, I think the one that, that's crazy to me is they only gave up 36 carries of 10 yards or more all season. I mean, that's 8% of carries, if I'm not mistaken. So, And they gave up just as many pl- pass plays of 20 yards or more all season. And they were pretty good in the pass defense, too. So, no, this is a... Uh, you know, opposing offenses, they're just going to struggle all season. I, I don't think, you know, I think Penn State's probably the perfect example. A lot of people talk about how great Nick Singleton uh, is and how great their running back room is. And they were successful so much of last season. Yet against Michigan, you can go look at those box scores. Just not a successful day for that run game at all. I mean, I would expect they could do better this season. I'm not saying that that's a, a replicable number, but... but at the same time, really, no running back had a good game against Michigan last season. So to me, that's that's a huge strength, probably one of the biggest strengths on the entire team, the run stopping the run up the middle. Steve, when you look at this defensive line, what, what jumps out to you as the biggest strength? I think the upside behind Chris Jenkins, who kind of a sad year for me, who I've been pumping Chris Jenkins up for like four years, I feel like. Can't really do that this year because I think he's finally getting the recognition uh, that we He's kind of followed the path that, you know, because I, I, I do, I want to say I've mentioned Chris Jenkins for the last like three years as a guy that Michigan fans should count on eventually becoming a player. I'd agree with you, probably maybe even outdid my expectations for him. But again, I mean, knowing the path he was on uh, and that NFL pedigree, I can't say I'm like super shocked, uh, but behind him with Benny, Graham, and Grant, uh, I just the upside of the all three of those guys is immense. I almost feel like Mason Graham has really kind of not been talked about enough. You know, yeah, he was a true freshman last year. Almost feel like he's just kind of being penciled in as like a guy you can rely on. I don't think people realize that he can get better. And he was really good last year. So, you know, I, I think there's a huge opportunity. Like they're they're yeah, you talk about how well they are how well they play the run. Um, we'll do edge later, but you know, even Jalen Harrell, excellent edge defender or run defender at the edge spot. Like Michigan's run defense should be elite, but I like the upside of the three guys behind Jenkins. I really think uh, one, two, or all three of them uh, are really going to take leaps forward this season and give them a legit two deep of guys, almost like a little mini version of the offensive line where I, I think they're too deep, like their second string guys up front could start for most of the teams in the big 10. Now, Kenneth Grant's kind of a unicorn of sorts, right? I mean, he's a guy that can move for six three three thirty nine. So probably the most interesting one of the three to me, Rayshon Benny, I think has the chance to sort of be that pass rusher from the inside as well. But either way, it's a spot where again, sort of like the offensive line where it feels like Michigan is, pretty set for the future uh you know uh this is this will be chris jenkins last season they recruited the heck out of the position last cycle they're doing again they're doing that again in the 24 cycle so you know bringing in some reinforcements but yeah the upside of those three guys behind chris jenkins i mean all three of those guys are people that fans should be 
legitimately excited about. And again, with Graham, I think people are already excited about him. I just almost kind of think he's gone a little bit under the radar uh, because people are just assuming they're going to get what they got last year from him when I think he can uh, do even more. It is fascinating, Graham, because when I did my most important players preview, I think, I mean, he was in our top 10. I think he was number eight, but I, I thought it was funny because I think, I think at the time, I don't know if he'd just done an interview recently or, or Michigan coach had just shouted him out as, as being amazing or whatever, but he actually finished ahead of Chris Jenkins in the fan poll for most important player. And I'm like, wait a second, that, that can't be right. And, and so I, he finished, Chris Jenkins finished ahead in the overall poll. Cause you and I had him number three. Uh, but yeah, I think Mason Graham, I, I think he's next. I mean, I, I, you know, it really, he, you know, we'll talk about the pass rush in a moment, but yeah, two and a half sacks last season, most by Michigan freshman since Craig Rowe. Uh, which is kind of crazy to think like a freshman defensive tackle on a team that already had two really good defensive tackles was able to pull that off. I, you know, I think, I think he, his senior year, I mean, if he, if, if it were a different, if it were a non pandemic era, I think he, there's a chance he blossoms to a top 40 recruit. Really. I, I don't know a ton about the recruiting rankings and everything like that, but LA times player of the year. I know USC wanted him really bad and, and he just checks every box. He's got the size. He's got the strength. Um, you know, he's a former wrestler, so he's got really good balance, really good hands. And then I think he just has this mean streak in games. I don't know if maybe that's not the most technical term, but it's just I think offensive linemen really struggle to block him for more than, you know, one or two seconds just because he's he's got I mean, obviously he's got the on paper strength, but I think it really shows up in games in a way that's that's going to lead to a, a strong season. Biggest question mark for this room. I think they would even say this. I think they have been saying it in press conferences. It, it's got to be the pass rush. This was not a, a position that that shined necessarily in the pass rush. I know I just mentioned Mason Graham, and and he's going to be a big part of that this season. Is what what can he add to that pass rush and 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 getting to the quarterback? And I know Chris Jenkins has been uh, pretty pretty adamant about how he knows that that's the next step in his game too. You know, this is, this is someone who is getting a lot of first round buzz, but I think he knows he's going to need more sacks. He's going to need more production. And just a, just a quick stat last season, the defensive line accounted for five total sacks in 14 games and just 67 quarterback pressures in over a thousand pass rushing snaps. And, and so I'll, I'll dig into, you know, what those numbers mean in, in my stat to watch, area but at the same time I think five five total sacks along the defensive line that's a great sign for the edge but Steve I don't know if you had a similar sentiment but I felt like a lot of Michigan sacks last season kind of came in the very obvious pass rushing situations you know it wasn't necessarily an effective pass rush first down second down it was like third down they could turn it up because they could get three edge guys out on the field but it, it just felt like in standard downs, they weren't necessarily effective at getting to the quarterback as quickly as they could have been. And I think a lot of that, if it's going to change this season, a lot of that's going to have to come from the inside. We'll talk about the edges. I'm pretty sold on the, on the pass rushing ability of the edge guys, but to me, the biggest question mark is, is can they build off that? Can you, you mentioned Rayshon Benny. I think that's a great choice. I think he was effective as a pass rusher, especially late last season. Cam good is someone I'm, I'm keeping an eye on on that front because he he was a pretty good pass rusher at Central Florida. Granted, it was against group of five competition, but 
but you know, he had 43 uh, quarterback pressures in his time with the, with the Knights. And so, you know, those two, and then, you know, we can talk about the, the freak athleticism of Jenkins, Graham and Grant all we want, but, but there is that next level, that next step of getting past the line, getting to the quarterback. Cause that can, that, that to me, I think could vault Michigan's defense toward best in the country. You know, they've, they've got a few question marks along the defense that they want to iron out, but I think that really could tip the scales because uh, they're, they're going to stop the run. They're going to win the kind of the muscle battle in the trenches. And if they can start getting to the quarterback too, that's when draft stock starts to rise. That's when the top teams on Michigan's schedule are, are suddenly getting blown out by the Wolverines. And that's when the national championship best defense in the country discussions can kind of come into focus. So I think there's a huge opportunity there, especially last season. I don't think that, that was necessarily a strength for the Wolverines. Steve, your biggest question mark about this defensive line? It has to be the same thing. Uh, I, I guess this is just the way I'd put it to be curt. The edge position, as you said, I agree with you, even though they're replacing guys again, like it seems like they've replaced somebody at edge or star level players at edge for the last like four or five years, still believe they're going to be very effective there, right? I think with that in mind, I, I just think the the potential pass rush ability of these guys on the interior is higher than it has been the last couple seasons from a one to four spot. So I think it's conceivable, you know, we've talked a lot about push and pull, right? Like a like a you know, we talk about like when Mo Hurst was around or whatever, like, you know, defenses had to to clamp in to stop like a Mo Hurst from getting to the quarterback. I guess it just feels this season it feels a little bit more like Michigan has their one of their better opportunities to have a legit guys on at both spots that can get to the quarterback and there might not, it'll be hard for offensive lines and whoever like backs, whoever to, to push to, to kind of play the push and pull uh, where, you know, I think, I think just think Michigan's better equipped to have packages in there where three or four guys up front can get to the quarterback. Like you said, without having to put an extra edge in there. So, and I talk about, you know, we do talk about a guy like Benny, I think even Kenneth Grant is a guy that potentially can get, I know he's bigger, but he's also very nimble for his size. Uh, you know, use that strength to get in and create some havoc. And again, it, it's not all about getting the actual sack. It's about just disruption, you know. And so I just feel like across across the front defensive front, I think there might be a more of an opportunity this year for both for the edge and, and the interior to feed off of each other than there has been in the past. And it does kind of go back to what I talked about with the the strength of, of the upside of those three guys, the three, uh, two through four behind Chris Jenkins in the middle, because I do think all three of those guys are capable. Jenkins too. I'm fascinated to see with the weight gain, if, you know, cause obviously he's, if anything, he's probably even stronger. If that, you know, if, does he add that to his repertoire? You know, so like it's very, very fun unit to monitor this season uh, because I think, while you're while we're agreeing that the the pass rush is probably the weakness, uh, definitely compared to the run run stopping ability, I do think there's more upside there than there was even last season. Yes, and I think a big part of it is because Mozzie Smith obviously was very equipped to be a good pass rusher, right? And Chris Jenkins was as well. But I think to me, having Mason Graham. Ha- having him another year experienced, having Rayshon Benny another year of experience. You know, Benny, I think, 
someone that gets so forgotten about by, I think we even called him maybe the most underrated player on Michigan's defense. Cause for years you can go back, you know, the last decade of, of Michigan football for, but until Chris Jenkins and Mason Graham started doing it, a lot of times it took until year three for interior linemen on Michigan's defense to really break out. You know, all those guys in the 2015, 2016, 2017 defense, it was like third, sometimes even fourth year guys. And Mozzie Smith and Chris Hinton were kind of third year, year three was kind of when they when they broke out. And so for a long time, I think that was, you know, this would be the year, okay, this is the year of Rayshon Benny. And then and then Mason Graham came in and, and Chris Jenkins came in and made it look very easy to make an impact early. But this is still a position, I would argue, that has the steepest learning curve from high school to college. And, you know, you can come in with a lot of strength. You can come in with good athleticism. But but there's a, you know, knowing how to how to use it, how to stay balanced, the counter moves, staying persistent uh, through a pass rush. You know, there's a lot of stuff that that maybe doesn't come quite as naturally as, hey, when you see a guy tackle him, right? There's there's a little bit more uh, technique, I would argue, to the pass rush. So I, I agree with you. I think that they should have more than five sacks this season. Five, five sacks in 14 games this year, the defensive lineman, I would consider that a disappointment for, for Michigan. You know, Chris Jenkins, I think he knows it. If he doesn't get a handful of sacks this year, He'll still be drafted. He'll still he'll still become a millionaire, of course. But I think the the top twenty buzz, the first round buzz that he's getting, you know, and and, it, and on the other side, if he does bring a pass rush, if he himself has five sacks this season, he might start creeping toward that top ten, right? I think even Jim Harbaugh said that. Watch him go become a top ten pick. So I think opportunity is probably a, a, a the key word here. I think there's a huge opportunity for Michigan to be better in the pass rush. And Steve, I don't have a lot to say about the position battle. I would assume that it's, you know, that third guy in snaps. I think Jenkins and Graham, their roles are set. I think Grant and Benny and Good are kind of in that that battle. I mean, they'll all rotate in, but I do think, you know, maybe there's a number three spot that they're fighting for. And so when I did my written preview, I actually wrote the the position battles for the pass rushing snaps. I think I think Grant and Benny, if, you know, they're not directly battling, but I think they're indirectly battling to be on the field in those pass rushing situations. You know, can you be someone that Michigan, when they need a sack, when they need a pressure, do they call up your name or do they call up linebackers? Do they call up edges? Because I, I think in an ideal world, Michigan doesn't want to have to rush five or whatever every time they, they need to get to the quarterback. You know, they would love to be able to rush three, including a couple guys up the middle and still get some pressure on the quarterback that that allows them to be really flexible defensively uh, and personnel wise. So I don't know if you see a position battle brewing, but when I, because I do a position battle for every position, I think I wrote past the pass rushing personnel is, is the position most up for grabs. Any thoughts on that? Just, I guess my only thing is I I'd kind of wonder, you know, this with the recent development where Reese Atterbury may fit in up front. You know, with that that position change, yes. I think is an interesting Offensive one. Offensive lineman, yes. For those that right. don't know, uh, and a guy who a guy, shirt. yeah. We we talk about how deep offensive line is, but he's also a guy that has shown some some flashes on the offensive line. He's not as, and I'm not trying to, uh, I don't know the right way to say this. Not all position changes, I think, are created equal. I, I mean, I think sometimes staff is 
just trying to find a spot for a guy, but, but Atterbury seemed like a guy who really may still have been able to carve out a role on the offensive line with another year, you know, another year's worth of waiting. Uh, so the fact they switched him over now is I thought was kind of interesting. And I think it may speak to that. Maybe he has shown something or, or there must've been something they'd see. So again, yeah, it, probably not going to crack that top four, but you'd like to have more than four, right? Obviously. So they probably want six, right? I, yeah. I so can he, yeah. can he get into that? Like, I, so I guess that's my question is that can he crack into that six and would he see the field? He's a big boy. Uh, you know, so I, you know, the interesting, interesting position change, not the first guy I would have guessed to move over from the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but We'd have to do it. I, I don't like. I feel like more often than not, the position changes under Harbaugh have worked out. Not all of them are home runs. Not all of them are. Chase I think Winovich. a lot of it depends on the context, right? Sure. Like I think when it's when it's like Mike Sainer still, who is a borderline starter as a wide receiver, and they move him to uh, cornerback. You know th- that that works out because you know when it's, when it's I, I would call it like an intentional one, not like they're just trying to find a place to put someone. Who's right. struggling to climb the depth chart? Because there are some where, you know, it's almost like a kiss of death. Like, okay, they they ever they might not be cracking the two deep in their time at Michigan, but you know, I think didn't Chase Winovich spend a year on offense before switching back to to defense? You know, I think Hassan Haskins is a good example of offense, defense, then back. There's been yeah. there's been a few, yeah. Sure, I mean, not yeah, like I said, not all of them have worked out, but uh, again, with a guy who. We're talking about we're talking about like a GOL hottie who who would be probably starting for I mean I'd say ten of the t- 10, 11 of the fourteen teams in the Big Ten this year waiting another year you know Atterbury sort of in a similar boat hasn't played as much as Geo has but when he has played he's looked like a, a more than serviceable guy uh, so the fact they do switch him over six five is, three oh nine for those yeah, curious nice those that, are good that, measurements. that can work yep so um so yeah interested to see if he has a say in what happens, you know, at the bottom part of that rotation up, up front, you know, because I think like you said, they, I, I six is probably desired. And I do think there is a, you know, we are talking about cause really figuring out the, there's a few position battles that are pretty clear, but a lot of them are even then are like third running back fourth wide receiver. Like, you know, it, it's been slim pickings as far as like real, real position battles outside of the cornerback stuff. Uh, you know, so you know, can a guy like Atterbury get into that fifth or sixth spot on the defensive line would be a, a fascinating development for them this season. Yeah, I think the sign to look for, because I'm assuming this is kind of with an eye on next year. And I, I'm, I guess, just knowing how these position switches have always gone, as they told Reese, hey, here's where you stand in the offensive line hierarchy. Here's where we think you would stand next year in the offensive line hierarchy. We have seen your film. We we know what you can do on defense. Would you like to try it? So I'm guessing they're still kind of in that experimental phase. But if he sticks, and if you start to see him in games, let's say Big Ten games, because I assume everyone's going to play in these these first three games. But, you know, if he starts to rise, I, I think there's something there, right? That you know, And I will say this about Jim Harbaugh's Michigan. They don't they're not frivolous with the position changes. There are actually quite a bit. I think Harbaugh believes more than a lot of coaches 
that good football players can be good football players at multiple spots, but they, there's usually some research, some focused on like Amari and Walker, I think is this year's, you know, that was when, when Jim Harbaugh spoke to reporters about it at first, you know, I think he, he made it, you could tell he had done his homework on who he thinks Amari and Walker could become as a cornerback. Right. So I think, I think for them to move him there, if we start to see him like say against a Rutgers or if he travels and he's on the defensive side of things. And the fact that, as you mentioned, I mean, he was, I think he was technically in my pre fall camp depth chart. I think Andrew Gentry might've passed him, but, but at the same time, you know, this is not someone who never would have played offensive line for Michigan. So for him to switch, uh, there's certainly some intrigue there. All right. We're going to hit a quick break on the other side. We'll have Steve's, x-factor player my stat that i'm watching and then we'll each make bold predictions for the room you're listening to the wolverine 24 7 podcast hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back. Thanks for waiting. Talking defensive line, previewing the 2023 season with what the D-line can do up front. And and I, I looked around at the national publications Pretty consensus top five defensive line in the country. I think a lot of those rankings include the edge room, but I think if you really just went defensive interior, I mean, with Jenkins, who's starting to get a lot of first-round buzz, Mason Graham, uh, who was a fringe freshman All-American last year, I mean, Kenneth Grant, everyone knows what he can do, and and so on and so forth. But, Steve, who's an X-factor player that you're watching from this room that, that maybe you're keeping a closer eye on I'm not going to let you use do Jenkins or Graham, but someone else that you're keeping a close eye on the first few weeks of the season and kind of seeing what they can bring this season because uh, they might be able to play a role that isn't necessarily expected for them right now. Uh, this is a tough one because I, I really don't want to say Benny or Grant either. Kind of a shot in the dark here. I, I know he's listed at edge right now, but I'm I'm interested to see, you know, Michigan has, like, we we talked about Mason Graham last cycle. Eno Etta, 6'5", 295. Got to think a couple of these. Was 295 dudes. a surprise? Yes. Okay. A mild surprise. I'll be, I mean, sure. I'll be honest. A lot of times 
if a, if a kid and and I don't know when he went to any camps, any like shorts and t-shirt camps, uh, a lot of times we're at the mercy of the prospect as far as like the listed height and weight with a lot of guys. Um, you know, we can't travel the country and weigh and measure every recruit. You know, we have to kind of have to rely on them to make a public appearance. And again, maybe he did, but and I and I do think he put on some weight from signing day to enrolling for sure. But kind of a fascinating prospect. I want to unless I'm I'd have to go back and live. I believe he was Michigan's highest ranked signee in the class. He was definitely one of the two or three highest. So quietly an elite recruit that Michigan won the commitment for and signed. Just a guy I'm kind of interested. Maybe maybe he gets some run early. I, I you could put any. I, I guess I could maybe almost just say between him, Cam Brandt. I'm not I'm not sure if Trey Pierce is ready. If he is, I still think he's more of a run stopper style. I think they would want a guy that maybe can rush the passer a little bit. So, you know, I guess I'll just I'll just kind of be boring and say I'm just interested to see if any of the true freshman interiors get any run early uh because i think if a guy emerged you know we've talked we've talked throughout this preview series of got different spots where it's like well maybe they don't want to rush their first year guys for the future we talk about running back talked about receiver where they're probably looking for a guy early on uh i think d line's a a spot where it's it's deep enough where if they find a guy in his first year who can play at a high enough level then then they'll burn the red shirt no problem so you know we'll see uh but those two guys brant and uh at a specifically are two guys I think are interesting in terms of their profile. I think Cam Brandt is a classic guy who was really quiet during his recruitment, but could turn out to be a really, really good player. Uh, when they, I can't remember, I think they had a decommitment up front. He was like the first and like really the only other D lineman that they really went after. He was committed to, he was either committed to Stanford at the time or was favored to commit to Stanford but he's one that at six, yeah, six four two seventy seven, a little undersized for a true freshman. But uh, as far as interior, but maybe a guy at the they could put in a pass rushing situation type deal. But uh, those are the two guys, I guess. I would, I'm just sort of keeping my eye on because the top four seem pretty set. Yeah, I think the the rule of thumb I've been told about Michigan's defensive philosophy because it's evolved over the years, and they, I think they've realized, hey, if they think a player is going to be an NFL draft caliber player after four seasons, you might as well burn the red shirt because there's a lot of players on, especially on defense that Michigan has had where you don't hear from them for the first year, maybe even the first two years, but then come year three or or sometimes year four, it's like, Oh, they immediately jump into the draft conversation. So yeah, in terms of freshmen, I think they tend to be a little bit more open. It feels like skill position players, very rare. Do they red shirt skill? players uh quarterback offensive line it feels like they register a lot but it does feel like defense it, it comes down to do they think you'll want to come back for a fifth year because a, a lot of players who it just it just it's clear that michigan is able to produce high level draft caliber defensive players so i think michigan's philosophy is okay we're not going to hold anyone back and try to preserve a year of eligibility because they might they might be going pro anyways my X factor was Kenneth Grant. I, I'll just quickly say, you know, everyone's very enamored with with the freak athleticism, the speed, the weight, you know, in ter- terms of how he conducts himself at press conference. I mean, you can tell, you know, he's he's a highly motivated individual right now. So I'm, I'm very fascinated about this season because I think 
his ceiling's extremely high, but I do think, you know, seeing what he can look like if he's playing 25, 30 snaps a game, you know, that will be kind of that next step for him. I know he, he shed what 17 pounds. And part of that was because he wants to be able to play, not just be, you know, the, the run stopping nose, you know, he wants to be able to play consistent down to down. I think he wants to follow that Mozzie Smith blueprint, you know, Mozzie Smith. I can't remember what he weighed when he was, drafted but he was right around 330 uh his senior year and that was that was a, an effective season for him and for Michigan stat to watch I'm going to go back to that pass rush I'll try not to be too redundant but I do think the pressure rate so this is you know pro football focus they count quarterback pressures I think that's often more valuable of a stat than sacks because there's so much randomness that goes with the sacks but if you're if you're a good pass rusher you're gonna you're gonna generate quarterback pressures and and so I think it's a it's a it's to me it's the biggest stat to watch. Last season, the defensive line room had a pressure rate of six and a half percent. By comparison, Georgia was seven point six percent, Alabama was seven point three percent, Ohio State was seven point seven percent. The highest I could see among good teams, you know, top ten ish teams, Clemson was nine point three. So I don't think Michigan was bad pressuring the quarterback, but you can sense that over the course of a hundred snaps, you know, other teams are getting to the quarterback a little bit more. Um, I think that's to me, that's probably a better stat to measure the pass rushing success of the defensive line than sacks. Cause sometimes an edge guy just gets there first, or sometimes the quarterback, if he sees Mason Graham barreling down at him, he's not going to take that sack. He's going to throw the ball away and try to get out of there. So, so to me that I think the pressure rates a little bit more meaningful in measuring, okay, did this, group succeed as a pass rushing unit um so to me that's that's a big one and and individually i think graham came out as the key for me because uh, over the final five games his own pressure rate was 11.7 percent and rayshon benny was actually 13.8 percent in those games those final five games of the season so steve you and i have talked about this before i think he could be that that next key in terms of helping this group get even better in the pass rush. Uh, obviously that 13.8%, that's smaller sample size, but that shows that he was able to get to the quarterback on a fairly regular basis. So yeah, I think Michigan got better at the pass rush throughout last season. And then this year over the first couple months of the season, I'm going to be watching that pressure rate to see, okay, you know, Chris Jenkins, I know he wants to be better at the pass rush. He's talked about it. Can he make that next step? Mason Graham, same question. Kenneth Grant, Rayshon Benny, same question. And Cam Good. You know, I think he's someone, I don't think he actually recorded a pressure last season, but he was successful at UCF. He was kind of a late transfer last season. Can he help elevate that pass rushing room? So that's that's a stat for me to watch. All right, Steve, finally, we'll do our bold predictions for this room. I've got an interesting one, and I kind of I, I want to go first because I want to get your thoughts on this. But my bold prediction was, this is not a slight at Mozzie Smith, my bold prediction was that Mason Graham finishes with better stats than Mozzie Smith did in 2022. I don't know, I don't know if he'll be better than Mozzie Smith because Mozzie Smith played a role that was really effective for Michigan last season. But I'll read, first I'll read Mason Graham's stats, and then I'll read Mozzie Smith's stats. But last year as a true freshman, Mason Graham finished, with 27 tackles, two and a half sacks, one pass breakup, 14 quarterback pressures, 
14 run stops. Mozzie Smith had 48 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, half a sack, 25 pressures, 27 run stops. Can Mason Graham do better than that? I, I think he can. I really do. And that's not, again, not some slight at Mozzie Smith, but I think that that Mason just has that behind the line of scrimmage disruption ability. You know, I think he's really good at getting to the quarterback. I think he's really good at at just finding a way to get just get past the offensive line, whether it's, you know, his his leverage, low pad level, um, you know, his his hand technique. Yeah, I think he's just got that that it in terms of getting through the line of scrimmage. I think he can be really disruptive. I think he can be um, more statistically sound than Mozzie Smith was last season. And that's that's saying something. That's not, you know, some backhanded deal with Mozzie Smith. He was a first-round draft pick. I thought he, he was a, played a key role. He was a captain for Michigan last season. But I think Mason Graham, statistically, he is just someone that's going to fill out that, that stat sheet every week. That's my bold prediction. Steve, what is your... Your bold prediction for this defensive line room. You say five sacks total last year? The defensive line, yeah. I think they double it. Okay, so 10? That would be five times two. So I think I, I'm going to keep it simple and short. I think they double that number. Who, who <laughs> leads? Pre- who leads we've pretty much. Uh, uh, how'd I know you were going to ask? Boy. I'll say I'll say Benny because I think Michigan, because of that run defense, I think they'll put they're going to continue to put themselves uh in this is the good way uh, they're going to put themselves in third and long situations uh frequently right so i'm going to say benny i i just he's another guy that's slowly been ascending you know he's kind of taken the i don't know maybe the path that elite recruits don't always want to take but the one that ends up paying off the most you know, is just a little bit of patience, gradual playing time increase, and you and you can see it. Uh, so I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Rayshon Benny. I think he, I think he does it, and I think Michigan. But I do think I think they double that number from last season. Uh, again, one through four, they should be better in the pass rush. And I'm also still interested. <laughs> I say still interested, uh, like I was ten minutes ago, that Chris Jenkins, how Chris Jenkins sort of ascends in that pass rush ability. Cause yeah, he's, he's got a lot of money on the table this year, right? I mean, projected first round pick, but a guy, if he shows some more as far as the pass rush goes, I mean, he could be, he could be way up the draft boards and you're the stats on Mozzie Smith. There's no way that it's impossible to really knock Mozzie Smith. I mean, he had, right. He ended up being a first round pick and it sounds like he's, going to play a ton for Dallas this season. I mean, he's he's on his way as well already in the pros. So, uh, you know, I like your pick, though, because I do think Graham can outdo those stats. Yeah, I think in the in the pass rushing department, I think it's just a matter of when. Because, yeah, he's he's my pick, Mason Graham, to lead lead this defensive line in sacks. Uh, Jenkins, feel like every sack he gets, that'll be like another – million tacked onto his rookie contract. I feel, yeah, I, just, I really think that's what scouts, I hate to oversimplify it, but I think scouts know his athleticism. You know, he's got two, his, his dad and his uncle were both stars in the NFL at defensive tackle. Uh, he's been a star for two seasons on Michigan's defense. Everyone knows what he can do stopping the run. I think the pass rushes is, is the only thing that will start to get him kind of into that top 20, maybe even that top 10. 
All right, for Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the defensive line preview. Be sure to check back in for your edge, linebacker, and other defensive and special teams previews as the season is under two weeks away. Hope you're getting excited for the season. I know our site, we've been working real hard with all angles of fall camp. We've got the analytical, the fall camp, intel, the press conferences, plenty of anticipation building up for Michigan's 2023 season. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. We'll see you next time.